0: are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, to culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong.
1: Welcome back to the Strong Towers Podcast. This is John Ackerman. With me as always is Tom Edwards, but not with us tonight is Mike Lara, who had to work, which is lame, but <laughs> necessary, and probably good. Um, But joining us tonight is our good friend Kathy Bales. Hi, Kathy.
2: Hello.
1: Um, and Kathy has been gracious enough to join us tonight as we talk about something that is very near and dear to all three of our hearts, which is education. Uh, if you've been tracking with us for any length of time, you know that Tom and I were both once in the classroom as professional educators. And as it so happens, Kathy Bales is still in the classroom as a professional educator. Kathy, I feel like we need to pause now for a moment of silence for you and for all <laughs> teachers in the midst of COVID education. But I don't really know how moments of silence work on a podcast. Do people just stop listening? They can pause on their own if they want to. That's so true. I think we'll just let people honor the moment. However long a moment of silence you <laughs>
2: feel is necessary.
3: Yeah, I, I have a moment of silence every morning on my screen and I keep thinking, wonder what's going on back there in computer land. Right. For sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Ah, uh, good times. Um, uh, but I mean, obviously with everybody in the midst of this new school year, to say nothing of the end of the last school year and COVID and distance learning and hybrid learning and in-person learning and learning at home and learning on the couch and like all, all of all of this, um, it's just, you know, it's been a conversation that lots of people have been having uh, in their own circles. It's been a source of frustration for some, a source of inspiration for a lot of people. and. So, we just wanted to talk about education, not just what's happening in schools right now, um, but also just sort of taking a reflective journey back through our own lives and looking at what we've learned as learners Mm -hmm. um, with a little bit of teacher stories thrown in, I think, as well. Yeah, probably. Uh, So, Kathy, as the only person still on the front lines um, and we're not asking you to speak for all teachers because it never works when you ask someone to speak for all of anyone. <laughs> um, but for you and the people that you know and the people that you're experiencing this with, what has it been like to be in the classroom at the start of this school year?
3: So uh, the word that I would u- I've would been using is drowning. Oh. That has been <laughs> the only way I can describe the only way I can describe it, but it's not just for the teachers, it's for the students as well. Yeah. Um, trying to find a balance between, you know, curriculum for the year that that's there, what the county requires and, you know, and trying to, try and get it all jammed in with less time mm-hmm. has, and trying to figure out how to do this, how to make it creative, how to keep people engaged from a screen. It's just, it's just been overwhelming. I feel like um, every teacher is just working so much. Every student's working so much. The connections, be- we're trying to connect, but it, it had definitely is a challenge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how about that connection piece? Because John and I have had some conversations, and obviously teachers want to be teaching with their students, but of the three of us, you are Definitely the most extroverted. Um, so oh, hands down, like it, it, both yeah. of us combined. <laughs> right. Uh, which is a great thing, by the way. <laughs> That's why we love you. Do you find that to be a particular difficulty this year of, of actually engaging and connecting with the kids on the screen?
3: Yeah, I think those I, it's tough. Those natural connections that you have in the classroom, you know, those just little things you talk about as people walk in mm-hmm. and sit down or you're having a conversation or when you're teaching about something. And somebody says something that just goes off somewhere else. All those teaching moments are lost right now. Yeah. And so I really miss that connection, those jokes that you could have. Because since I've never met these students in person, I can't, you know, I I don't have that. I can't joke because they don't know me. um, They don't really know me outside of what they see on the screen. And so I have to be really, I mean, I'm always an encouraging person anyway, but just I can't like all the, that those relationships just can't aren't happening yet now I know that there are a couple students you know I've been started asking a lot of questions about what's going on in life and all these other things and that has started a little bit now now that we're getting into second quarter um some kids have started making jokes on uh on the class on google meet which is so refreshing <laughs> yeah. the, you know it's just taken a little bit longer because of the platform that we have
1: yeah Yeah, I've got to imagine it's so difficult to get to know their personalities and for their personalities to be able to come out. And then I was just thinking because a friend of ours just started a job as an assistant principal and they were saying, thank God I get a chance to meet with people virtually because then I at least will know what their face looks like when I see them in person with a mask on. And just, you know, all of these new realities that were just never part of the equation before and it was never an easy equation to begin with being a teacher. Right, mm-hmm. but so many more
2: challenges. And well, I feel and like it's too- funny
3: because I don't have a lot, of, most of my students don't put their, their picture <laughs> oh, on. Oh, that's true. It's oh, an yeah. icon. And I've told them repeatedly I said, you know, on day one of hybrid, I'm going to turn my back like the voice, and you're going to speak, and I'm going to try to guess who all of you are. <laughs> and that's how we're going to play it. Because we got to, <laughs> we got to so like, I can't, I can hear voices, but I can't see faces.
0: Yeah. But there's also, I feel like in the in the public education space, you know, Kathy, you were talking about, you know, the conversations when, when people are walking into your room and all that, all of the other stuff around school is missing too, mm-hmm. you know, like there's no football, football game coming there's up no on football. Friday. There's, yeah. you know, there's no pep rally that's going to happen. There's, you know, all of that stuff is gone that gives you kind of those entry moments into I do care mm-hmm. about you and I want to know what's going on in your life so that we can have a better relationship in the classroom. You know, so and they are,
3: they are, there are club meetings going on. They're all online, okay. Um, but there are clubs are meeting. Um, so there are some things like that, but you're right. I mean, Friday night football was so, it's just so much fun. Yeah. you, know, you talked to all the students and yeah, that's on. Um, well, as of right now, I think it's February. It's coming back. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I think February, March, which yeah. again, just, that's so
3: weird. It's yeah. gonna feel like fall. It's I'm like, gonna be so thrown. Yeah, like, it's like homecoming. Playing That's a
0: bad. Super Bowl in Boston, right?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Although winter in Virginia, who knows? You That's might get true. some seventy-degree days anyway. Yeah. That's very true. Ninety. Yeah. So, yeah. Kathy, how about the learning? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know everybody has an assumption of what's happening, and I know that as a teacher, you know, relationship building is first and foremost what we prioritize. Mm-hmm. But you know, part of the job is. You know, teach them something about whatever the the class is that they're supposed to be in, and whether or not they need it. I mean, I always told my kids in world history that you could be a happy, functioning, successful adult making more money than me for getting ninety five percent of what I just taught you. <laughs> but you know, there 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 is that onus on us. How's that part going, or is it really hard to gauge?
3: I think it's hard to gauge right now. I mean, there's moments I feel like they're getting it, and I'm really I'm the same way. Who knows from world history what they're going to remember? Yeah, uh, I'm hoping it's more of a big the big picture lesson of this person did this and don't do that. Like, don't be a <laughs> Hitler. Like, can we just <laughs> all agree, right?
1: Yeah, just don't do
3: you know? that. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it's it's really hard to gauge. I think there's sometimes I'm asking questions. I try to ask a lot of questions, and you know, and I'll check my chat or hear a voice from the the magic computer, right? But it, it's really tough. I think I went over five slides in Louis the Fourteenth the other day, and no one could tell me where he's from, and I was like. Do you guys want to see me cry?
2: Because <laughs> I'll do
3: it. <laughs> I'll do it right here. Like, don't cry. Like, somebody tell me it's friends.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and remind me, Kathy, because I feel like I should know this because we were working together last year. What are you teaching this year? I honestly well, they can't remember. Changed
3: it. I'm so, you know, I was doing government. Yeah. And I was so excited because presidential year and Right. I'm not yeah, that's what you government. live for as a government I teacher. I know. I was so excited. I am teaching World History Two, which I love because I love the French Revolution, and I feel like World History Two is like the best stretch of history ever. It is. And then I'm teaching AP U.S. History. Okay. Which is a lot of, media. yeah.
0: So pretty much, you need to know all the social
1: studies, right? <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I need to know all the history stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so that means sophomores and juniors as well. Yes. And so does it seem like one group's navigating this better than the other or is everybody equally drowning?
3: I think it's equal. Okay. Um, I know our county sent out um, a survey and a lot of the kids just said this is exactly how they felt. And I have advisory every morning and we talk a lot about this and a lot of them felt the same way that I did. But I think the last couple of weeks, our county has actually said, we don't expect you to get through everything this year. We're going to change our grading policy a little bit, um, lighten it up a little bit. We yeah. want you to develop that relationship. And they've really, like this week has actually been better. I feel like I've been able to sit back and just really have a lot of conversation, try to have a lot of conversation and and integrate some in curriculum in there. But I really felt like they really want us to get to know the students because they don't feel that connection with their the people at school.
2: Right. And I
3: know a lot of the students are really having a hard time. Yeah. Especially, I have a couple extroverts, I can tell, who really, they're like. one boy's like, I just need to save people. I just yeah. need to be around people.
0: Yeah. I understand. But, but I was going to say, one of the things that I really appreciate out of this whole, let's just call it a mess,
2: um,
0: <laughs> no, is people are needing to have conversations around the idea of education that we really haven't needed to have and and maybe should have been having. I mean, obviously, you know, there, there has been, there's always been, you know, the, the homeschool population. There's always been, like, the conversations around, you know, magnet school, charter school, private school, all of that kind of stuff. But really, we have forced pretty much the entire population to examine their relationship to public education. Yeah. Presented people with choices that they didn't necessarily know were there mm-hmm. um, before and so, I think just the, the broader conversation of, like, I am an extrovert. I need to go to school with people, right? Versus, I'm an introvert. I probably would be okay, you know, doing school online, um, you know, and, and not having to, to mm-hmm. mess with the halls the and the whatever. And for the parents, too, of how, like, what is going to work for us? Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, we, we've got friends that you know they they had decided uh well earlier in the fall that hybrid was was what was going to work for their family that the kids were going to be in in school um in the buildings for a couple of days a week and and then that option got taken away and it was like well all right like how do we deal with the 100 percent distance learning at this point um you know and, and we were kind of on the other end of the spectrum um you know, we would have only had uh, a first grader in public school, but but we decided that for our family, it just made sense to pull him out completely and and do that at home. Now, That being said, you know, my wife is an educator. And so, you know, so that that was a, a pretty easy call for us to make. Right. Um, and I know a lot of people have been struggling with those same decisions of, uh, you know, the options being presented for public school right now are not that great. But I don't know how to do anything else, and so I think at the at the end of the day, just the expansion of what schooling could look like is going to end us up in a better place than where we were. And it, it sucks right now, but I think good conversations are taking place around it.
3: I, I I agree. I think it's interesting because it has made you know teachers look at education from how do I help parents, how do I help students. Mm-hmm. How do I figure all this out when it's not as easy from a computer? And yeah. also, parents. I'm a parent too, and I have two kids in school. So, as a parent, I know more about my students' teachers or my kids' teachers and their, what they're doing in school than I ever have before. Mm-hmm. It's almost made parents actually step up and step in to as an education role as well. And I have a lot of parents who say, "Well, I don't know how to do this," and we, well, but you're their parent. You actually do. It's just learning how to do this, you know, learning your kid. And I think that has maybe will create, hopefully, a bigger bond between, you know, kids and their parents as well as they're learning this. Right. Yeah. Um, So I think that I think it's going to change a lot. I definitely know everybody pretty much agrees that we like we we enjoy the three days and the four days on. I think (laughs) uh, I I mean, I'm still working out Monday, but the students like this is great. We always have. Like a
1: three day weekend. Yep,
3: hundred percent on
1: board.
0: Yeah, one extra day to put off the homework they should be (laughs) doing.
1: Procrastination does not get enough time. (laughs) But Kathy, I really like the point you were making about you know the role that the parents are now finding themselves in, and again, this is not to you know say anything in any way judgmental about parents, but I know that oftentimes the parent concern was, "I'm not an expert in this. How do you possibly expect me to help my child in this?" And I think one of the things that parents are learning, which I think as educators, we we figured out pretty quick was you don't have to be an expert. You just have to be a learner.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Right. You have to be able to figure out how to learn. Yeah. And I mean, I I tutored any number of kids over the years in subjects outside of my expertise and not just like other parts of the social sciences, but like I'd tutor kids in biology and chemistry in English in geometry and it's not like I had no proficiency in that whatsoever. We're just making it up and collecting some money, but you know I had enough fluency in those content areas. But more importantly, I knew how to learn, right? And I knew where to go to find information, even if I didn't know what the information was. And I, I loved how you were saying that so encouragingly, Kathy. That you're you're helping parents realize that as a learner, you have a lot to offer without having to be an expert. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think.
1: You know, from my
0: time in the classroom, that did feel like one of the big jobs was, like you said, John, you you can forget 95% of the stuff that I had to teach in physics and you can be a completely uh, upstanding member of society and, you know, but there's a way of thinking in that class that kids don't usually get introduced to unless they take that kind of class, right? Yeah. And it's a way of thinking and a way of problem solving and, and applying some uh, critical thinking skills right. that, uh, you know, you beef up those muscles And you don't have to do physics with that, but there's any number of things that, exactly. that you can do with with that. And so, there's those underlying skills uh, as well, you know, and and it feels like that's sort of, we've taken that step back, right? To yeah. so be like, okay, what are the things that, we really need to get out of this. Yeah. You know, for the for the younger kids, we need to learn how to read. And so that's going to be the focus is we need to make sure you know how to read so then you can access information on your own, right? You know, you need to learn how to write. And so at some point, we're going to work on that major skill. And it doesn't necessarily matter what we're writing about, but... And and parents are finding that too, right? Is is I have to engage some of those things. I don't have to remember yep physics from when I was in high school because unilaterally parents hated their physics experience. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> but I have to engage some of that critical thinking in order to help you get through this. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I actually it's funny, I have parents who've emailed me and said they've heard my class. They're like, Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Well good, I'm glad you're learning something. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well,
1: and I think that's where we wanted to shift the conversation now, because, I mean, the three of us could obviously continue to talk about school and the school environment and what it was pre-COVID and what it is now, and what it might be in the future. But honestly, I think we might just get sad at some point in the <laughs> midst of all of that. And or we will lose the 75% of our viewership that's not this interested in education. Yeah, right? we we'll us start
3: talking about stories that we're... <laughs> yeah, Let's,
1: we'll we'll turn this off when this is all done and yeah. we'll just
3: swap all those.
1: Um but well, one of the things we did want to talk about, and it's kind of getting to this this last track that we were on of, you know, as adults, you know, parents are getting pressed into the role of learner. Like, they're, they're auditing your class, Kathy, yeah. in the background, <laughs> learning all these things they maybe once knew, but have since forgotten, and rightfully so. But it got us thinking as we were planning this episode of just how much, when we think about the word education, right, the, the things that come to mind automatically seems to be brick-and-mortar schools and
2: mm-hmm.
1: learning being inflicted upon small children. Yeah. And what we were realizing was, I mean, the learning never stops there, which is a statement that is so obvious it barely needs to be made other than the fact that when you say education, you think about schools and children.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, honestly, we just wanted to have a little bit of fun with the rest of this conversation on education and talk about as, you know, fully grown people now, like, what what are we learning? And not just, you know, having to navigate online learning, but, you know, we're now getting to chase passions and interests that weren't even subjects in school Mm -hmm. and so i don't know what are you guys learning right now
3: okay well uh, the first thing i I am going to talk about teaching for a while i have (laughs) never been that brilliant at technology Mm -hmm. i think everyone who knows me knows this i can you know i i was okay doing some things i was forced to learn and i have to say there is nothing like the feeling of when you learn something and you've got it. Yep. And I was like, I know how to do this on a computer now. I feel so accomplished. <laughs> I feel like a millennial. Yep. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then like, I, you know, last night I watched a video and I learned how to do something else and I was like, mm-hmm. I can I can do this. Yeah. Things I never thought I could do before, I can do now. It's not too late. And I just think that it just makes me want to keep going and trying more and more on a computer. Right. I never would have said that a year ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was going to say, I sat next to you for a couple of years, and I remember it's conversations we had about technology. So, I mean, that that truly is a revelatory <laughs> like, statement. You
3: have to turn it on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and it is funny, too, just how much on-the-job learning there is about things that don't feel like it's directly related to your tasks, but are so critical to task completion, right. things that you have to teach yourself that nobody ever taught you, or things you just don't want to have to ask somebody to teach you. Yeah. That'll make life easier. Mm-hmm. yeah Yeah. definitely well you know like when i
0: transitioned out of the classroom and and education has its own set of acronyms or whatever but but now i'm in the government procurement space there's a whole new set of acronyms and way more (laughs) i'm like you know you guys need like a dictionary or you know something for for new people to oh they're
1: worse than millennials for using
0: abbreviations oh yeah (laughs) it's terrible and like You know, at least sometimes they try and play the cute game where it, like, makes a word or whatever, but most of the time they just throw letters together (laughs) and you're like, okay, Um, that could mean three different things. And probably does if you're talking to different people in different parts of the government, you know, so I think there's there's that learning curve always when we switch to something new, you know, and and that definitely is is playing into a lot of people's experience now as they figure out, not just in school, but just in general and, and, you know. What does my life look like, you know, in the pandemic? I'm really interested, though, in, in um, like, picking up some of those small skills, you know, improving my woodworking, mm. um, that kind of thing. I've just found myself really drawn to stories of people that have put in the time to become excellent at their craft. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: Ooh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. I, this is already a couple years old, but um, there was that, I think it was Netflix. Um, Netflix had this this documentary it was like Jiro Dreams of Sushi or something like that and it's this really old and I mean like 80 or 90 year old guy who has a tiny little sushi spot um, down in a subway station in Tokyo uh, and they seat like 6 people for dinner and that's it twice a night but it's like the place to go because they're so good and his son, who's, I don't know, probably 60-something, like, still isn't the guy. Right. <laughs> because his dad is, like, is like the master. Just, like, the idea of a lifetime spent mastering a craft and learning all that you can about a craft is just really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, picking up those small things, that, and I feel like I'm stealing Mike's toolbox analogy, but... Um, you know, picking up those small things along the way of, this is another skill, and okay, I'm going to try this, and and figure out if it works, how it works, whatever. Uh, I'm doing sourdough now, which I feel like I came into the... I've gotten
2: the benefit from that. Yeah, yeah.
0: right? Uh, I came into the pandemic sourdough like seven months too late, because that was everybody's <laughs> like,
3: start of lockdown activity. Yeah, I made tons of bread at the beginning of...
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little slow, I guess, but but that's been pretty fun. It's uh, it's a lot of work <laughs> apparently. I'm finding out, but uh, but that's been a lot of fun too, and not something that I, I don't think I would have done outside of uh, everybody starting to talk up how good their sourdough bread was. <laughs> so, so that's been fun. How about you, John?
1: Well, and I like the the two ends that you're you're describing here of the, the the marveling at excellence, which takes you know in some cases a lifetime mm-hmm. to achieve, and I feel like in our present-day culture makes us so much more willing to outsource our desire for those things than to ever attempt to get in on the front end of it and go through the aches and pains and stumbles and failures Mm -hmm. of trying to get anywhere close to acceptable performance, let alone mastery. Right. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, the entrance into the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. The the discovery of something new and going through the stumbles and the obstacles and the, well, that was crap. We're just going to have to (laughs) pretend that never Mm -hmm. happened. But, you know, the the joy that can come from that and the discovery of latent talents and abilities and interests yeah. that you never... Like, I'm probably going to butcher this and Brooke's going to listen to this and then, you know, wish that she could have been here to tell the story more accurately. Um, but we got a clothing catalog and they were now doing this brilliant thing where they were... Um, it was like an L.L. Bean style company. It's Duluth Trading. And yep. they do, you know, like outerwear and workwear and things like that. And it's, it's absolutely brilliant marketing. They started publishing, like, companion um, magazines. One, like, with the standard outfits, but one specifically targeting and highlighting women in professions where you wouldn't usually expect to see women. Uh, like, owner of a, you know, a mechanics garage. Uh, you know, metal workers things like that. And so being able to promote gear yep, and clothing and outfits that look way better than what they're selling to the guys, <laughs> but then also promote the stories of these women that are doing these amazing things. And Brooke was just absolutely captured by this woman who was really into cooking. And I don't know this about cooking, but apparently if you really want to get into cooking, you need good cookware. And so mm-hmm. copper pots are the way to go. But they're stupid expensive. Yeah. And so there was this woman up in Wisconsin, which is my old stomping ground. So that hooked me right there that decided to apprentice herself. to like one of the few remaining copper metal smiths in the area, the country, the world. I'm getting this part of the story horribly wrong. Sorry, love. But like apprenticed herself to this guy to learn how to make copper cookware so that she could make affordable cookware for herself. Which, that alone, I have questions about because as someone who's tried to enter into hobbies, it's never cheaper at the (laughs) outset. You're always (laughs) sinking so much money into it (laughs) in equipment and whatever. But anyway, that's not part of the story. But she now got so good at it that she's selling copper cookware in addition to enjoying the fruits of her labor. And it was just, it was such a cool reminder that this learning process is available still in this age of specialization and outsourcing like you really can still go through you know the aches and pains of learning and have it be enjoyable and profitable which we know seems to be a hallmark of 21st century living but i mean it's just it seemed like such a cool reminder that as adults the learning doesn't stop with the diploma and really the opportunities for enjoyable learning really seem to increase
3: and i think you when you get older you sort of hone in more on what you want to do you know what i mean when you're younger right. you're like oh, okay that probably probably should do this but now you're older you're like no i'm gonna <laughs> whittle with a knife
2: right or yeah or
3: i'm you know grandma moses i think what was like in her 80s or something she started painting where this woman's like i'm gonna make copperware because why waste my time on other things yeah you know, i think we just have more of a focus now of different things that we want to do
2: yeah
0: or more of a willingness right yeah because yeah it's
3: true Probably you were talking like about the investment
0: well. you know and at some point um you know tim ferris talks about uh you know one of the ways that you can sort of maximize your effectiveness is by outsourcing the things that you're not good at or take you too much time right yeah. and so there is definitely that mindset of i'm going to focus on the things that i am good at and yep. have other people you know um Lawn services right have uh, yeah. exploded for that reason right. It's for most people
1: it's just not worth right. their time. Not that I can't do it,
0: I just uh, don't uh, want to. Right, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and so I'll pay these guys to come and mow my grass every week. Yeah. Um, but I think as we get older, maybe just from doing the grind or you know whatever it is, we just we're more willing to jump in and and surpass that investment in time, money, right, whatever it is to chase after some of those things that we want to do because you are going to make mistakes and starting a new hobby is expensive. (laughs) And (laughs) you know, that first set of copper cookware, she could have just bought it. Right. Um, And it would have been cheaper and better and whatever, but she would have missed out on, you know, this, this thing that she now loves and now actually gets to share with other people. Right. Kathy, when you were talking before, one of the things that, that, I was thinking about was that growth mindset book Mm -hmm. um which is huge in education circles but i think is applicable um much more broadly you know and the the idea is in a nutshell is that most of us shut down the part of our brain that is willing to try new things and make mistakes and be okay with that Mm -hmm. you know and, and so this author is uh is trying to to show us how to get back to that growth mindset where uh, we're willing to do those things and chase after those things and not just stay safe.
1: Well, and I think one of the things that changes, or at least I'm realizing change for me is the consequences of failure change. Mm -hmm. From, you know, when you're in school and doing professional learning to, you know, being an adult and learning because you want to. Right. That, and I say this as someone that hates failure. I mean, it's like my top fear. It's not public speaking. It's not heights. It's failure. Yeah. And yet, I find like I recognize now that the consequences of failure for my students often seemed larger than life, right? If I fail, then I won't have a future, won't get into college, won't get a job, won't get married, nobody will like me, you know, whatever. And now having accomplished pretty much all of those things, um, you know, failure now is... Like it's the expense of time and money, but it doesn't necessarily have the life statement unless, you know, I quit everything else and pour all of my, you know, time, energy and money into this thing as the new entrepreneurial venture. Then if that fails, there's some consequences. But, you know, I was thinking about how I basically apprenticed myself to four different trades simultaneously working on this house, (laughs) like learning, you know, carpentry and drywall work and, you know, next levels of plumbing and electrical. Like I was hanging gutters yesterday. I've never done gutters in my life, but I'm learning how to do that now. And much like with the lady with the copper pots, like I probably could have paid somebody. "Eh." No, that's not true. I I haven't yet reached professional installation costs yet, which is why I'm (laughs) doing it myself. But like, you know, I'm, I'm not good at it. I sliced my finger open on the metal. Yes. Like it, I, it took me three times as long as it should have because I did it the wrong way twice before I finally figured out the right way to do it. Yeah. And all of that has value and all of that has meaning, and all of that is still saving me a ton of money, which is the most important thing right now. But it was just, it was interesting to me that, you know, the fear of failure feels different now as an adult learner compared to when I was a, you know, a professional learner. That it just, it doesn't seem to carry the long term consequences that I thought it did. Right. And I'm finding that really interesting as I continue to pursue new interests as a learner is just the realization of if I suck at this, I'm not going to be happy about it, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I've been trying to write. Well, I have been writing books
1: for years now. You have.
3: Yeah. haven't published anything. But, <laughs> but you've
1: been writing. Welcome been to the writing. club. Yeah,
3: I keep writing. I keep I have all these ideas. I keep doing it. And I just am like, I got to take this stuff. I got to try to publish it at some point. Yeah. I have to do it. So that's But I keep trying. I've been reading tons of books about. I could read books forever, but I could re- read tons of these books about, you know, how to write these stories and how to do this because I wanted to make it the best possible. But it's I think that, if I, that I would say that was a side hobby as far as I tried to keep learning about. It was probably, that would probably be the main thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And, but that passion is driving you to mm-hmm. spending all of that extra time because you could just, you know, I'm going to write stories and they're going to be for me and and that's fine. I just have these ideas that I need to get out of my head. Um, you know, but you're taking it down that route of, okay, how do I find out how to actually do this well and follow on in, in the path of successful people that, you know, maybe does lead to publication and, and that getting out there for other people to see. And, and so there's a shift in that, uh, in the way that you're approaching that, right. And, uh, you've cleared that hurdle of, uh, this is something that I do want to devote the time to, and I'm willing to, um, read books that most people would not read Mm -hmm. um, because they're not interested in the same thing yeah
1: so with that idea of you know willing to embrace new challenges willing to push through even if it doesn't necessarily have the level of success that we wanted to because most of the time we didn't know that when when we were younger what would you go back and do differently as a, a young learner i you know in school or in early days of learning i mean with with the mentality, with the mindset that you have now, what do you wish, I know this is like a classic educator question, but (laughs) what do you wish you could do over again?
3: I wish I had talked less and listened more.
2: And I I can say that should be the mantra (laughs) of my
3: entire life. Um, I wish that I had, because I had a great time in high school, I had friends I talked to, I had um, in class I had friends I talked to. And (laughs) I really wish That I talked less and just listened and just took in everything my teachers were saying. Mm -hmm. There's so many things I'm curious about now that I want to know. Yeah. And I wish that I
0: listened more. I think similar in terms of the realizing there are so many things that I wish I would have known. You know, in school, I was very much connected to the academics. And I think there's a lot of those practical hands-on skills that I've learned since... Uh, you know, leaving my time as a student, like, man, like, I actually pretty actively ran away from this stuff while I was in school. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, uh, and for me, especially that, that was a big shift in mindset, because I went to school to be an engineer, right? Right. And, and so, I'm going to think through all of these things, (laughs) but not do all of these things. You know, and so finding out that that I do actually enjoy doing some of these things, mm-hmm. um, that that's been pretty cool, um, and I, and I wish I would have had more of that
1: insight earlier on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, and it, it goes back to the fear of failure thing. But as much as I hated the idea of failure, I was one of those classic cases of. Like I'm going to try really hard to not fail, but I'm also not going to totally invest myself in something because on the off chance that that fails, then I'm going to have to deal with the ramifications of I'm a failure.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And so looking back, I really wish that I would have invested more of myself in some of the things that I really just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. half-assed because it wasn't until my freshman year of college that I had a professor. And I think I talked about this on a leadership episode that we did with Nate Allen that I had a, a professor my freshman year of college that called me on my half-assery, if I can make up that word. and And it was really one of the more redemptive moments in my life where somebody called out the fact that you are capable of more and you're holding back and you're holding back on purpose and you should stop yeah. because you have something more to offer. And I wish that I could go back to all the moments prior to that where the fear of failure was keeping me from really offering, you know, everything that I had and risking whether or not that was going to be enough uh because i mean there were moments in athletics there was moments in music there was moments in the classroom there was moments in relationships where i i wish that i could now go back with sort of a redefined view of failure yeah and just push and mm-hmm. and risk it and yeah. and see what came from it um so many things that i wonder what might have been different or Not because I love where I am. I don't want to change any of this right Right. now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so many things developmentally along the way that might have changed had I been willing to discover more of that untapped potential. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so funny because we don't want to change where we are now. Right. But there's so much we want to change early. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I I do. I want to tell my students that you don't understand. Don't compartmentalize this. This This is just school. This is so much, like, there's so much you can do here now. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. wait, you know, I don't know. But again, that's, maybe that's in the maturing and that's in the growing. Yep. And, you know, maybe some students actually have that then.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I, we all look back and say, oh,
0: why did not they do that? I know. If it was easy, right, we all would have had that perspective <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> when we were in school.
3: Yeah. I think, And you we know- thought we knew it all, didn't we? Oh, Yeah. yeah. We were, like Brian said yesterday, he said, I wish I was smart as I was in eighth grade. Yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days. Yeah. Well, I think just your
0: world is a lot smaller and the the hurdles seem taller. Like you were saying, John, you know, I, you haven't gotten into college yet. You haven't gotten a job yet. You haven't started a mm-hmm. family yet. And so all of those things are <laughs> like, that's all future. I am aiming yep. for here's my target. And now we get to look back on it and say, Yeah. Okay. It worked out, but you know, there are things that I, that I would have done differently had I known that my focus didn't need to be like this. Yeah. Um, you know, I I always thought about that with, uh, with my students and, and, the the college applications and and all of that and the, the stress that that brings, you know, and then you graduate college and the same thing happens for grad school (laughs) and then you graduate grad school And the same thing happens for your first job application. And when you go to that first job, no one cares what the diploma says. Right.
3: Exactly. Right. Exactly.
0: But you don't have that perspective when you're, you know, in high school and you're like, well, it's UVA or it's nothing
2: or. (laughs) um, Yes,
3: I had a student who was crying because he had a C one year and he's like, I'm not going to, to college. I was yeah. like, we have fifty states that have tons of colleges in them. <laughs> <laughs> they will accept you. Right. They will, I promise you. Yeah.
0: There is one somewhere. There up. is
3: one somewhere. Yeah, we'll to Hawaii. look over that one C you got. <laughs>
1: well, it's fun. I mean, I, I was talking to a young guy recently, and it was it was the same conversation because he's in that place. It's I need to declare my major because my major is going to determine my career, and I need to figure out what my career is going to be because that's going to determine the rest of my life, and yes i mean there is legitimate value in all of those things and then did you point to yourself (laughs) well right and but but again it's like it's a perspective you can't have until you're there where you're in those you know those conversations where people are like what's what's a uva and you realize the top flight school in your state is a school that nobody outside of your state is all that familiar with Mm -hmm. right or you know like you discovered tom you left the classroom after a decade and a half and discovered I actually can get a job yep. in a field outside of education.
0: Hey, I entered the classroom a decade and a half ago with an engineering degree. So,
3: Well, and that's interesting, too, because when did you guys figure out what you wanted to do? I think I was year three in college before <laughs> I even thought I want to be a teacher. And now, you know, they're giving these tests in eighth grade. Yep. Like, okay, what career should we pass yep. if you start to go down? And these students, I, all my students are so pressured to think they have to declare their major by the time they're a sophomore in high school. Seriously. And I'm like, you know, I was, was in my early 20s when right. I decided this.
0: Yeah. Mid, mid 20s <laughs> heading toward. Um, yeah, it's true. I, and I think some of that is expectation that um, whether we're putting that on them or they are putting it on the, themselves in their, their own social constructs. But there's a lot of uh, yeah. pressure to have that all figured out. Yep. Um, and, yeah, to, to go back to high school, I feel like, and, and bring some light into that situation right. would be
1: amazing. Well, and the mm-hmm. fact that the pressure remains, despite the stats are now well known that, you know, today's students are going to have not just seven jobs, but seven careers right. on average before they retire. Whatever that word retire is going to mean by the time yeah. they get that old. Yeah. But, you know, even with that knowledge, with that insight that, you know, much like you did, much like I now did, you know, well, we've changed entire fields right and i'm sorry i wrecked the curve on this one i knew i wanted to be a teacher in eighth grade oh wow, <laughs> um, oh, wow. he took the test he was guy. <laughs> uh, but i also never would have envisioned myself doing anything other than being a classroom teacher and so to now find myself out of the classroom right is a remarkable you know change of life experience that eighth grade me or high school me or college me never could have foreseen as i was placing all the stress on myself so yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's funny.
0: Well, and I saw a stat and I won't quote a number because it'll be totally wrong, but, um, I want to say it was upon entering kindergarten, a significant percentage of those students will end up in jobs that do not exist yep. when they entered the classroom. Yep. And so how, how do you generate a life plan? <laughs> to land on a target that doesn't exist yet. Right. Right. And so we have to shift our thinking around education mm-hmm. to go back to earlier in the conversation, we were talking about the basic skills and can you become a learner yep. because like it's, it's a constantly moving target and we don't know where it's going to be tomorrow. Yep. Um, You know, I would imagine it, it'll be interesting because we have a very definite marker to track these kids now, right? Like, we have the COVID right. classroom years, right? right? Yeah. And so, we can track from last year's seniors all the way through to the kids that entered kindergarten this year, um, you know, and, and what do they do? But I, I would imagine a significant number of the students that are getting toward graduation right now are going to end up in um, – you know, infectious disease or <laughs> or even just big data and, you know, tracking yeah. big data. Like, there's going to be growth in those areas that would not have happened if the pandemic hadn't occurred. Sure. And so, the demand is going to be in those areas. And those kids didn't know that last year, yep. right? Like, in third quarter of, of last school year, no one had any idea that any of that was going to happen. Yep. And that could change the trajectory of a significant Percentage of their lives, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so to to be locked into this is the path. Um, it, it seems just like a, an increasingly, yeah, obtuse way of yeah. of approaching education.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and especially because too, I think just as we're finding this conversation, the passions and the interest will only continue to grow mm-hmm. as you age. And so, of course, you not only can't prepare for your future career when you're that young, but also, I mean, there are so many things that are vying for your attention as you become a worker that I think make it difficult to stick with the one thing short of, you know, financial security or, you know, things like that. But so, for example, here's a fun one to end on. Assuming money's no object and COVID like time constraints continue to not exist. Uh, not that we're hoping the pandemic continues, but people have obviously had, on average, more free time. So, if time's on an issue and money's on an issue, what would you want to go learn that you've always wanted to learn? Mm-hmm. that's a good
3: one. I've always wanted to learn Italian. Nice. So I think I need to go to Italy and learn I, Italian. Definitely. Absolutely. And this year, I'm realizing because it, everything's on a screen, why don't I teach a class from the place it happens?
2: Oh, there you why go. Why don't
3: I get on a private plane when you guys can be a pilot? Sure. And why don't I fly to Greece? Why don't I fly to Rome? Why don't I fly to all these places that happened and teach from there? That's what I learned.
1: I love that idea. I'm <laughs> on board to learn how to be your pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I hear landings really the only tricky part, which means really? two thirds of this. I've got down from all my years playing video games. So
2: no go. problem. There you go. <laughs> And I'm sorry like, to
1: every pilot ever for that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: that would be cool, and, and that's the kind of thing I feel like is is shifting in terms of mindsets too. Of like, why, why am I stuck to this location, right? If I can, mm-hmm. if I'm going to do this 100% on a screen, I can yep. do it a screen anywhere I want. Yeah. Um. So learning Italian in Italy, that sounds like a yeah, sounds like a plan.
3: The food wouldn't be too bad either.
0: No. Yeah, it'd be all right. <laughs> it'd be all right, yeah. I hear there's a lot of places you can get cheap housing
1: there now, so.
3: Yeah, yeah probably because probably COVID, I'm sure. I <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs>
1: Yeah, I can be Kathy and Brian's personal pilot and home restorer when That's they buy true. their $2 villa.
3: Yeah. That's exactly. true. Exactly. That's true. And you can help me if I get my history wrong. You're you right there. You're so convenient.
1: <laughs> so what I would learn is to do all the things that will help Kathy do what she wants to do. Right.
2: <laughs> just so, so I really
3: can what I want is a personal. I want a personal assistant. That's what we've pretty much determined. Yeah, <laughs>
1: That's third career
2: for me on it. Okay. Yeah.
0: I know I, I, I mentioned this earlier, but um, I I continue to go back to this idea of, of woodworking and yeah. just and and I can do projects and um and have done projects and I've built stuff for the house and whatever, but but kind of more of that fine woodworking mm-hmm. piece of of uh, ending up with a nice finished whatever it is bowl, yeah, you know, remembrance box, you know, that kind of stuff. I just I keep in my wishing for more spare time and money to pour into a new hobby. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, I keep coming back to that as something that, that I would li- love to spend more time on really digging into um, the the finer points of that. Nice, And I can do it in Italian or in Italy
3: <laughs> when you, know, yeah. you
0: go to
1: the villa. Some of that olive wood. That's nice,
0: though. Yeah, yeah, there, there you, you go. go.
3: I'll share, for, the play. I'll share the plane. I'll share the with you. Oh, that's oh, fantastic. fantastic! Awesome. <laughs>
1: She's so generous. God, I, I know.
3: Really. I
1: am. Oh, and Kathy, you—you you actually called out one of the things that I would love to learn. So this may work out well for you. Um, I—I mm-hmm. I would really love to learn to fly,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and to sail. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, oh yeah, I sail. Yeah. I, I, I mean that—that that would be
1: my dream. <laughs> like if I ever won the lottery, it's I—I want an old-fashioned sailboat,
2: uh-huh.
1: uh, and I want to. Like again, here's how big a history nerd I am. I want to sail the Caribbean to all the places that the pirates went.
2: Mm.
3: That's a wonderful. Yeah.
1: And then I want to do like a transatlantic voyage, and drink all the rum the pirates drank. Well, I, I okay, mean, we Brian to, and I are right. coming
3: with you and Brooke because that sounds fun, I, yeah. and I would be fascinated by that. I just I,
1: I mean, because I've read about people that that do this today, not pirating so much, but <laughs> you know, sailing. <laughs> and they said there's just there's something about the pace of life and the quiet.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like is you know on a yacht which again don't get me wrong if i could have a yacht great but you know the hum of the electronics the motor you know things like that it still feels very 21st century yeah nice old-fashioned wooden sailboat i mean i've just i've heard stories from people that do this and i mean you know you can do excursions and stuff like this but they just said the quiet is it it's almost overwhelming until you get used to it and then it's just it's incredible the natural noises that take over You know, the feel of a wooden ship, uh, you know, the the ropes, the – it's just – there's something very tactile about it and something
2: very, I don't know, just
1: old that really appeals to me.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if I ever come into some money, I don't know how – and apparently, it's all going to be travel-related, too, between flying and sailing. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going, to, other than apparently taking the bales to Italy, Italy. And, yeah. and wherever else we they want to go. sail around but the Med, that's,
0: that's kind of the same as the Caribbean. I
1: got to fund this somehow, so I got to find, yeah. you
0: know. Here's the other thing for the three of us is every <laughs> old wooden boat that I've looked at, they're always trying to figure out where to put books. So, that's true. Yeah. On, on a nice, quiet boat somewhere
1: with a pile of books.
3: Oh, my goodness. That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: I think I just saw heaven. <laughs> All right. Well, anybody have any final thoughts on this learning and education and school and whatever else before we sign off for the night?
3: I think um, my thing is the biggest thing I, I think that, to, that we have is I've learned so much from COVID. You yeah. know, I think it's really interesting. You can have this mindset of this is awful. We're stuck. But I've learned so much. I've learned, you know, like in those quiet walks that we've gone on, or even the walks with Brian or walks with my family, there's just just been so much time to figure out who we are, who we are together, learn more about my kids. Yeah. And there's just so many, there's so, there are so many underlying positives in all this, even though it's it's just such a different world for what we're used to.
2: Yeah.
3: That I hope that. Other people can see that and take away from this. What have I learned from this? What have I done with this time? What can I keep doing in the future?
2: Yeah,
0: sounds good. That's
3: my final thought.
0: I don't think I got anything better than that. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kathy wins.
3: <laughs> I win the plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, well, Kathy, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. Yeah.
3: Thank you for having me. This was fun. And I get to see you guys. So, that's, that's even yeah, better.
1: Yeah, right? That, I mean, again, in the world of Zoom, this is how we have to do it. But yeah. this was really a joy. And again, for the importance that education has played in, in all three of our lives, both professionally but also personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can keep talking about this for another hour or two easily. But I don't know who would listen. So, um. <laughs> We're going to call it good for right now. We'll stop recording. We may keep talking for another hour. There may be, I don't know, like a director's cut of this episode available someday later. But, um, you know, Mike's always so good at this. And so I wish he was here right now because he's always so good at like the, the call to action at the end. But, uh, you know, just as you guys are listening to this and, and thinking about how this connects, you know, just the opportunities to reflect backwards on you know the, the journey of learning that you've taken. Uh, You know, there is value in thinking about what we would do differently with the benefit of what we have now learned, but I think so much more valuable is the looking ahead and thinking of what can still be done with the time remaining with however much of the resources are available if you don't have your personal assistant, pilot, you know, cook, translator, uh, woodworker. But, you know, there is still so much available and the consequences of failure have shifted. And so being willing to engage in this learning process now. It just seems to offer so much in the way of reward and Mm -hmm. joy that I'm I'm so glad we got to take the chance to talk about it tonight. And I hope you're getting to take the chance to continue to have these conversations offline. So, for now, on behalf of our wonderful friend Kathy Bales and Tom and Mike Lara in Abstention, I'm John Ackerman. Thank you guys for being part of Strong Towers. We'll see you next time.
0: Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com, and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strongtowers for your chance to score some Strong Tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you back here real soon.